welcome to Universal After Dark, a universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Hi and welcome to this week's Universal After Dark. I'm your host, as usual, Amanda, and wow, have we got a super spooky episode coming to you guys this week. But before we get into everything, let's start the show like we usually do with introducing my hosts, and then we're going to get into what we're drinking. So, I'm joined today by Nick. Hello. And Craig. Chris, even. Craig's not here, Chris is. Oh, 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 now I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, you don't like Craig. Don't you be, be, be confusing me with that bloody ripples like. <laughs> we have two men people with the, either the same name on this podcast, or two men people with the same first letter in their names. Well, this and is I true. I was compiling the list today, and I was like, oh my god, like, everyone's names are either similar or the same. <laughs> I'm um, back. Only Amanda. <laughs> well, you're back just in time, because we've got Chris Ripley. Yes, Hello. Oh. And we've got Luke, who you've just heard, returning. Oh my gosh. That's me. I've missed you guys so much. It's... I feel like we haven't all been together for quite a while. It's, it has been an awful long while. I don't know. Well, I can't, like, when was the last episode she was on? Who? Um, Amanda. Amanda. Well, we recorded a Universe After Dark about two weeks ago. No, I wouldn't even say that long ago. Maybe like a week and a half ago. Uh, yeah. um, but the whole the whole group wasn't on. Correct. Yeah. So this is like the first one back from a holiday where we've got everybody on together. Do we say this is the A team? I feel that I feel that we are the A team. This is. I ain't getting no pain. <laughs> <laughs> this is the the Universe After Dark Ultimate Formation. This is the the usual group. The Motley Crow of Universal After Dark. Motley Crow. <laughs> More than Motley. Mr. Pop. All right, all right, all right. Get out of here. Move over. All right. Uh, sorry to interrupt your stupid podcast listening on your on your primitive iPhones or whatever junk you're listening to this shit from. But it is I, Rick, from Rick and Morty. Come on, come on. Say hi, Morty. Uh, hi. Come on, Morty. Uh, put a little more effort into it. Anyways, hope you enjoy the show, uh, even though it'll be like all the other ones. Perfect for your interdimensional travel needs. You know, these guys are a podcast network, a mix of mostly British presenters and some Americans who get drunk and talk about Disney World. Whoa, that's pretty cool, Rick. Yeah, Morty. Uh, whenever I'm in Sector 74G Delta, I always listen to the uh, Diz After Dark podcast network. Yeah, Rick, they sound pretty awesome, huh? They sure are, Morty. I love all the regulars. <clears throat> like Soap Dish, Craig, the 600 different Pauls, Mr. Poopy Butthole, several Lukes, that hack Ripples, and oh, that Amanda. She has some good, uh, <clears throat> pump-based hoppers. You know, I think people should listen to the whole podcast. Uh, I forget what the shows are all about, but one is named after an actual butthole, if that's any consolation. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool indeed. Anyways, all this hijacking is making me thirsty. Morty, what do they got in the fridge? We, uh, got some Bud Light. Really? All right, dilly dilly. Um, what? You know, Morty, like that commercial, you know, with all the nights and stuff. Dilly dilly! You get harder and harder to comprehend each day, Rick. Dilly dilly, Morty! 
you better get me another one before I beat your ass. Dilly dilly. Oh jeez, uh, I don't even know what you're talking about, Rick. <clears throat> Just shut up and get me another dilly dilly. And while you're at it, keep listening to the podcast. Go to their YouTube, like Boston White stuff, <clears throat> download Strike, and buy Ripple's book. All right, all right, I'm going. Jeez. You know, Rick, if you like this show, I, I think you'd really love Disney Brit or UUOP. What are you, crazy, Morty? One is made by an orange-headed buffoon, and the other is the narcissistic nonsense. Do you hate yourself that much, Morty? Give me Morty, you broke the tree. Mister again. Let's get into what we're drinking today. Mm. So, I just told these guys that I'm I'm being stroppy today because I bought loads of Budweiser. I put it in my fridge, and I'm sure that I had like three or four left in there. And I went to the fridge today, and there was none left. So. My boyfriend doesn't drink, and he's like, well, clearly I haven't had it. And I'm like, well, not sure I believe you, mate, think you're a secret drinker because they haven't just mysteriously vanished. So what? I can't find them. And I'm angry. I don't know. Ghosts, like, tend to drink a lot of beers. I've heard that. I know, I know a man that likes drinking a lot of beer. <laughs> I don't, I can't do spirits anymore. I'm I'm too old and I'm too delicate for spirits. Besides which, surely that's a ghost's favourite drink. Well, clearly not. Clearly like friggin' Budweiser. Mm. I mean, other brands of beer are available. Um, until, not of course, ghosts. they officially sponsor us and then, and then that will change. <laughs> well, anyway, I am drinking... A record like passion fruit flavor, and I feel like these are dangerous because they just taste like um, Rubicon. <laughs> well, I mean, a slightly stronger Rubicon. I mean, I think you know, if I you don't gave even me think a blind taste, stronger. really, like okay. this, this passion fruit one just tastes the same as the passion fruit Rubicon, and I, that's dangerous. This is how you end up with a bloody eye, honest to god. Nick, what are you drinking? Um, right, so as he gets closer to the microphone so people can actually hear him. Um, I am drinking the last of my Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Um, I have had a terrible week drinking. I wasn't even going to drink this, but I felt it would be wrong not to have a beer on here. But I've just come back from four days in Holland. And on my last actual night there, it got extremely messy. To the point that we ended up in the hotel lobby... My friend playing the piano, me and another work colleague leaning on the piano, and one of our bosses walking and seeing us and just was like, what have I walked into? You know what? I'm just going to bed. And that was at two in the morning. And we was up at five. It was um, it was horrendous. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had a hangover that bad in, in a while. But anyway, that's not going to stop me tonight. So, hang on. There we go. Chin chin, everyone. Oh, yeah. You know what? I haven't had Samuel Adams Boston Lager in a long time. Seriously, that is the third bottle that, I've, as I've gone to take a swig out, has fizzed in my face. <laughs> oh, like, I, I had about five bottles of it, and three of them have exploded. So I'm a bit messy now. Great. That's teaching you a lesson for not dilly-dillying. Exactly. But we, I couldn't really do that. Uh, Samuel Adams, it's not a patch on uh, our beloved bud. I will say that much. Agreed. Okay, Chris Rips, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking 
Dilly dilly! Yes! <laughs> I half expected to say that you'd bust out the Kraken again. It's nah. been a long time since you've had the Kraken on this podcast. But I'm loving the fact that you're dilly dillying. Luke, what are you drinking? Okay. I don't know if you guys can hear me, but I'm drinking Mountain Dew Baja Blast. It's like a right. Taco Bell original. What is this? Because I've I've been hearing people going crazy about it. Like, is it a seasonal thing or something? Yeah, they only sell it during the summer. So right now I have three 12 packs sitting in my room, and I have to get more. Well, is it amazing? Up. Like, what what's different about it? Oh, it's um, it's just they only sold it in Taco Bell, so then they just put it in cans, and everyone went crazy. It's just Let's see. With a blast of natural and tropical lime flavor. Oh, Luke, please, please, will you save me one for when I get there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to try it. I'm excited. It's like... I, I mean, they always have it at Taco Bell, too. Oh, like but you're a vegetarian. Time. Never mind, scratch that. No, you think Taco, Taco <laughs> Bell... I drink from Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco, De- Bell Taco Bell does some really good vegetarian options. They do? Yeah, they're one of the better. They're one of the better fast food places. Well, certainly Ooh, in the UK. I have never heard of that. They they must do. They not do any like bean chalupas or anything. Or bean burritos. I mean, I had, so, but do they do this Baja Blast year round at Taco Bell? Do they? Do they what? Really do they sell Baja Blast year round at Taco Bell, or is that just seasonal too? Yeah, that's year round, and they have a freezy of it. Highly recommend that. <laughs> Please, can we go to Taco Bell when I come over? Yeah, I'm at Taco Bell like every other week. Every week. Yes, I'm so excited for Baja Blast Freezy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Okay. way. laughs> Let's get into what this whole episode is actually about. Because we don't want to be just talking about Taco Bell for the whole podcast. That's a whole other podcast that you need to listen to. Oh, so, I guess not, but... <laughs> I mean, we could do food after dark. I'm down for that all the time. But I realised today that the last time that we spoke about Halloween Horror Nights when I was on this podcast was when Stranger Things was announced. So since that time, we've had two whole new announcements and both of them are super exciting. You guys don't seem very excited. I didn't want to interrupt, to be honest. I, I mean, I'm very excited, but I was on mute. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, so the the first announcement that we've had since you've um, been gone was Dead Exposure Patient Zero. Yeah. Which is a sequel to Dead Exposure from 2008, which was a house that was in a sprung tent. Um, and it was uh, sort of sort of in black and white, but not. But it was mostly, mo- mostly based on the fact that he was following the journey of a photographer whilst he was trying to escape some zombies. So there was lots of these big flashes. Um, we reported on HHNUnofficial.com months ago that the masks from uh, the Walking Dead houses had all been recycled and spray-painted black and white. Ooh. So they're all going to be used in this house. Ah. Uh, yeah. So the rumour is that it's going to be back in another sprung tent. Right. Um, it's set during Paris in 1982, so it's a prequel, and it's where the virus begins, uh, and it's sort of people turning into zombies, uh, with an interesting spin that you there are no lights in the house 
other than the flashes and that the only vaccine that cures people who are zombified actually causes them to go blind. Right, so that's so is that why it's com- in complete darkness then? Is that you're going blind and then you're just kind of getting flashes of sight? Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. zombies walking around and cameras flashing just sounds like passion- Paris Fashion Week to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But what's the, I mean, you know, call me naive here, or, or worse if you want, but surely in 1982 they had colour photography yes yeah well i imagine that the black and white is more to do with the strobe because i I feel like color wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't look too good Mm. with 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 strobe lights i feel like it'd be a little bit too disorientating maybe okay that's the only thing i can think of I, i think it's something to do with the way in which it's going to be built essentially Hmm. So, I don't think anybody is actually excited about this house. You know, contrary to that, I've seen quite a lot of excitement about this on Twitter because this, the original one, was really, really well received, apparently. And also, I mean, I think, I'm sure I asked this before, Chris, but Mm. this is like the first sequel house, isn't it? Like, to an original IP. Well, Um, we've had Ghost Town. Yeah, no. Okay. Well, and we've had um, body collectors. There's been quite a few, well, yeah. I mean, maybe the first prequel, possibly. Okay, but that's splitting hairs, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But or literally the day this was announced, and I don't know whether people are like just jumping on the hype train or whether they actually did really, really super enjoy this house, but. Everyone's going crazy about about this. Like, oh my god, the original was amazing. And I'm like, ah, I don't really remember it all that much, honestly. I know that it's two thousand. It was two thousand eight or two thousand seven. Two thousand eight. It was a bloody Mary year. Yeah. So I know it's a long time ago, and you know, all these houses. It's a lot to try and remember. But I don't. I don't really remember an awful lot about it. Maybe because it was just black with flashes i don't know but it's never it hasn't stood out to me at all i think i I think it's quite tough for you guys and i'm I'm looking more towards well actually everyone else in this podcast except me like you know halloween horror nights last year is is still really fresh in the memory and um you know i remember a lot of detail about it probably because i don't go very often but I, I get the, the kind of sense that they do kind of blend in a little bit sometimes. Just because there's a lot to take in in not very much time. Mm-hmm. So I think if I you go quite regularly, sometimes things do kind of blur. Like, oh, was this in this house or is that in another house? Whilst last year, if you asked me a question uh, about Dead Walter, I could probably still talk about that maze completely. Mm-hmm. Nick, Nick, welcome to my life. I get this all the time. <laughs> people, people say to me, what, what happened in scene three of, of the house from 2009 that no one remembers? And uh, I'm like, don't you know that you're a Halloween Horror encyclopedia, Chris? Jesus Christ. Exactly. I always say, this is why I wrote the book, so I don't have to carry this in the <laughs> 
I think we should all just start carrying the book around with us and not flash questions. <laughs> like, let me just reference that one second. <laughs> <laughs> but like people, people seems to really, really love it. Like looking back on it, personally, I feel like things like body collectors of that year were more memorable. But you know, people are always excited when when a good original gets revisited and obviously there's a lot of people that felt like this is a good house. I'm excited about it, but what excited me the most about it was the fact that it's set in the 80s. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Africa by Toto is going to be blasting. That song is life. Yes, it is. Oh, I love that song so much. I love every shitty karaoke song from the 80s like, I'll take all of them I don't care I mean look let's be honest if you want to go to a festival that's themed to the 1980s just go to the Epcot Food and Wine Festival because there's plenty <laughs> of has-beens there you can see for free every week and I love <laughs> it you know when I was at um, Flower and Garden Festival Luke you just left because it was torrential rain and oh yeah playing and he, I only know one song by Rick Springfield and it's Jesse's Girl and I only know that Linking it back to Universal <laughs> because it was in one of the Beetlejuice reviews when it got revamped they had Jesse's Girl playing and Frankenstein sang it and so that's the only reason that I know it and they changed the word to Frankie's Girl and it was like like <laughs> what? So, this isn't the original <laughs> <laughs> Exactly so that's the only reason that I know it but because it was raining so, so much, me and James were literally running into, into like, places where you could get beer and then running back out every time that he was playing. And he played three times. <laughs> just to listen to Jesse's Girl so I could drunkenly sing it and then running back to, to shelter. So I'm nice. all about the 80s has-beens, honestly. Yeah, I'm ready to just hit everything in this house because I know... I remember in the hive, I could barely see. So in this, where there's no lights, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. I'm already half blind. <laughs> it's going to be cry. But this, so it's been heavily, heavily rumored since, but for the last few months now, honestly, probably like four or five months, that we are going to get a full 80s scene. Mm. So even being set in the 80s gave me hope that that's true. But trick-or-treat? That, well... I mean, we haven't gotten that like to... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, but, sorry, sorry. But you're right in that, like, all the things that, that will potentially be coming to the event might not necessarily fit into the 80s theme, but could could things be pushed into that hole somehow? Like, is this is this a likely thing or is it getting less and less likely as we go on? Uh, go on, Luke. <laughs> uh, I, was just, uh, I think it maybe likely more likely to be an '80s theme if they like if the next thing they do is '80s. Then yeah, probably. Mm, I mean, everyone's kind of been hoping since we saw Vamp Fifty Five that we could get Vamp '80s, and you know. Rumours were flying around a few weeks ago about the Lost Boys, and I'm like, not necessarily that it will be the Lost Boys, but if we had like a vamp 80s scare zone or house, that could kind of be along the same kind of lines as Lost Boys. And I'm I'm so down for this theme. If like if we're gonna 
maybe not necessarily have an icon for the year as like an overall theme and i'm so down for the theme to be 80s i mean the other house that's strongly rumored is halloween which is a remake of a 70s film or was it 80s? I don't remember. No, I it, think was, it, was, it was late 70s, yeah. Le, le, okay, late 70s. I think it was like 1978. But then it's, 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 well, actually it's not a remake, is it? It's a sequel, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like 40 years on. Yeah, so that, that wouldn't fit the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, if something like American Horror Story, Cult, comes along, that's all about Trumps. So that's very modern day. Mm-hmm. So I mean, maybe 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 the thing could just be Stranger Things because that's the thing that's going to draw the crowds in. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the the chances of us getting an icon for this year, I, like I can't see us getting an icon. So I feel like it will be just a themed yeah. theme thing, or kind of some some part of the event will be the icon like stranger things or maybe something else will come along and that will be kind of the theme of it i don't know but if they could kind of push things into that little 80s corner i would i wouldn't even mind like if it didn't necessarily fit like luke you said stranger things which we'll get onto in a little um, trick or treat which we'll get onto in a little bit like you could you could kind of move it into the 80s bit if you kind of took parts of the story that could have potentially been set in the 80s you could kind of pigeonhole it that way but I just don't know so I feel like it's seeming less likely that it's going to be an 80s theme we could maybe just have 80s things some 80s things I mean Trick or Treat the character Sam was created in the 90s and I kind of get the vibe that the film is kind of set in the 90s even though it was filmed in the noughties Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I mean that's kind of, I mean you could say that's kind of late twentieth century. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to make everything fit. We yeah. just want eighties. That's all we want. I think, As I said, go to Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm. Mean, I think the eighties would be an excellent theme, but I think the problem is, you know, Stranger Things is massive IP and it's set in the eighties, but. You know, you can't do American. I don't think American Horror Story has ever been set in the eighties, and it's too big of them an, an IP not to. I mean, I don't think, for example, if they didn't do an American Horror Stories house this year because they wanted it to be a particular theme, I don't think it it would return. And I think at this point in time, it's still popular enough that it's not worth them having the aggro of not doing it. No, I but I also feel like they sign contracts for so many years when they do things like this. Like when they do Walking Dead, that was a five-year contract, was it? Yeah. So I imagine that they have a similar kind of thing with American Horror Story. I would have thought so. And it will probably be concurrent as well. So it probably, you know, it's not, it probably won't be like four or five years. It will probably be from 2014 to 2019 or, you know, whenever they first did the first American Horror Story's house. Um, do you know what I mean? Like I think it will be for an actual period of time rather than just how many times they can use it. So, yeah. yeah, I think I think maybe if they'd have, you know, been able to, they'd have probably done it as an AC theme. But, you know, maybe what they could do, because do we know where um, Stranger Things is in relation to this new house? Well, we it would be very... Uh, well... It'd be very unlucky if they if it's not in a soundstage, so it has to be. 
But what, what I'm thinking is that, you know, what you, you might be able to, to do, depending on the locations where they're going to have both of those houses and anything else associated, is you could have an 80s side of the park. Mm, potentially. So, you know, you, you kind of walk into, like, an area of the park, like, say where, like, you know, you kind of go towards where Shrek is, <coughs> and through that bit, you know, there's music, uh, 80s music blaring, and that's where your 80s-themed houses are. And if you kind of went off down towards Terminator and down off that way, that that's where, you know, everything else was. So you you could have a scare zone where everything that scared us in the 80s, like an Iron Curtain and the AIDS virus. Uh, and Mary Whitehouse, Bully from Bullseye. Um, that was not scary. Keith Chegwin. I wasn't alive okay. in the 80s, so I don't know what would have scared me in the 80s. But I know that Mr. Blobby certainly scared me in the 90s, so he'd be in my 90s team 100%. Blobby! I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what was really scary, and I think Chris will back me up. The original Bungle from Rainbow. Oh, God. The, the, like, the first alliteration of him. I mean, oh, that, he's on a list somewhere. Yeah, that is, that is some <laughs> crazy shit right there. Um, but, Manny, you did allude that there's been more than one house announcement. That has, I know that we've already accidentally mentioned it, but sorry to spoil the surprise. <laughs> you probably already heard already. But Trick or Treat is coming back as a house. Off the back of the success of the amazing, beautiful, gorgeous Scare Zone last year, we are having it as a full-blown house. And I'm buzzing about this. Now, how do you think they're going to do it? Because, I, I mean, I've still not seen Trick or Treat yet, but... I understand, because it's not very easy to get in the UK. Like, it, it, I don't think it's ever been shown on TV anywhere. It's not on Netflix. It's not on Amazon Prime. You can buy it, but what I'm saying is, like, there's been no kind of way to watch it using a normal service. I don't think it was even theatrically released anywhere, was it? No, it was video on demand, I think. I think, I think in America it did release, but mm-hmm. I think it was, like, video on demand almost straight away. Yeah. So it it was a low one. I know there's rumours of a sequel, um, but I don't know, you know, if and when and how and all that jazz. Um, but yes, that's why, man. I've just not, you know, I've seen bits of it. I've seen the trailer for it, but I just haven't seen the whole thing. Um, but I, I appreciate it's an anthology film. So do you think um, they're going to base the whole um, house on, you know the, the the three or four components or do you think they'll take one of those stories and elongate it for a, a whole house well i think it's gonna it's gonna be the whole film i think it, they're gonna have different sets for the whole film well uh, unless orlando does something different hollywood has said that all four stories will be represented in the house right perfect so this is what i was really hoping for and also, this is something that could potentially link to an 80s theme. I don't know. I don't know about the time scales, But I don't want to spoil it for people that haven't seen it. But I feel like it's been out since 2007. So it's it's tough. It's, I'm going to spoil it. Yeah. Basically, the, the, the part of the, the film that I really like the most is the part with the quarry kids. So we saw those guys trick-or-treating in the scare zone last year. And basically... Um, going from how when the film is set to pictures and things and the storyline of the kids, that could potentially have happened in the 80s. Mm. If the film is set in the 90s slash early 2000s, like that, that's a potential. That's something that I've just personally thought of. And I might be like totally like far away from the mark here, but 
that was the only thing that I could kind of link to the 80 years to have my dream event. But that's that's the part of the house that I'm looking forward to the most because I feel like, especially now that we've had it confirmed that it's going to be in a parade building because Mike tweeted out yesterday or the day before, I think, that it's going to be in a parade building. We've got the space to build big, gorgeous sets. So mm. I'm really hoping for a, a really, really good, cool-looking quarry set with the bus <laughs> in the lake. Can I, sorry, just translate that tweet that he sent? Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Nintendo Land. <laughs> because the parade building had to have gone away for Nintendo Land. Well, that's that's a good little translation that you've got going on there, Chris. Well, it's true. So that obviously must be off the table now and something else must be going in there. Hmm. I, I, the, more, the more and more I think about it, and, and the longer it goes on, I think they're going to, you know, Nintendo will be the anchor for the third gate. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I think it's got to be at this point. I mean, like, when Craig was there two years ago, a year and a half ago, no, it was last year sometime, they, you know, he spoke to a team member and they said, you know, this is going to be the last, the last year for Barney. Mm-hmm. And when I was there a few weeks ago, I was like, um, it's still here, so I don't think anything's happening. Well, that, yeah, because he was told. I think it was when he went in the summer. He he was told by Christmas because um, mm-hmm. we were, you know, we obviously went to play in there for one last time together. Um, it's not a euphemism, and, <laughs> and actually that didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> but I, you know, every time that I'm there, I go in Barney's backyard because I feel like it's it's. I feel like Barney's <laughs> walking on thin ice every year, honestly. <laughs> but the same, you know, the same with Terminator 2. You know, the rumours were um, that, you know, that was going to make way for a Nintendo attraction. I mean, it, it, that to me seemed too small a space. You know, I couldn't work out what they'd put in there. Yeah. And also it wouldn't fit in, you know, within the theme. Um, and the problem I mean, is... Sorry, Nick. No, I was going to say, I, I, I just don't... You know, that building's been gone now since October. And yeah. nothing's happening. Yeah. The problem is, is like Bill and Ted, they're around for a long time, it gets cancelled, they're going to make a sequel, Bill and Ted 3. Barney, eventually, will become so kitsch, it's brilliant, and people will rediscover it and love it, and there'll be a Netflix series, like Barney Exposed. You know, it'll go completely meta, (laughs) and then just as that happens to take off, they go, oh, we're going to close the Barney ride show. Probably. Probably. But I feel like it it was just a bad idea to try and shoehorn such a, a land that could be so amazing and a place that could be so amazing into such a small even you know it's not that small of a space but it is at the same time like for what they could do it deserves a new park mm. yeah yeah definitely but you know obviously we were expecting it to be gone and that's why kind of you know there wasn't really much in that area last year there's just ash versus evil dead and you know, that it was sad that that was just by itself in the corner with nothing else around it. So then, if this is going to go into into a parade building, then you're right. Obviously, nothing's going to be happening by Halloween in that area. Mister Ripley, yes. As we've got you on as a resident expert, kind mm. um, <laughs> of like a quick question. So last year we had Ash vs the Evil Dead. That was kind of yes. like the comedy house. Yes. Now, the show's been cancelled. I don't know whether or not they're planning to do a, a follow-up to that house or not. Um, and they still no. could do, even though the show's been cancelled. But, you know, regardless. 
but it kind of played a nice little part in proceedings because you know some of the houses were quite intense and that was obviously a bit more fun um now looking at the 80s potential 80s kind of thing that they're kind of going with Mm. have they ever or do you think they would consider doing a ghostbusters house this comes up a lot do you know about last year or the year before it it became not a rumor but people just started speculating like mad about it i think perhaps because They'd remade Ghostbusters with the with the Lady Ghostbusters, but yeah. um, it does keep cropping up. Universal, I think. I mean, obviously they've had an attraction in the park before. They've been in yes. various um, uh, parades. The Ghostbusters characters in different shows. Um, are they owned by Warner Brothers? Um, no, Ghostbusters is uh, <laughs> Sony. Sony. Columbia. Sony. Okay. <laughs> So they've got an existing relationship with the IP holder for that franchise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they could. I just thought, like, you know, it could probably make a good idea for a house. Mm. Um, and it would it would kind of be that comedy, that more comedy house that's sometimes quite good to have for people that don't like the, the more intense stuff. Yeah. Um, and it just, you know, it just, it just fit, fit the theme, really. I just, you know. Just yeah, wondering. I think I think Trick or Treat won't be the comedy house, but I should imagine it probably have a few scenes that are a little bit quirky. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I feel like that was that was true about the scare zone too, because there's a lot of people that I've heard speaking on forums, things like that, that don't necessarily love being so scared at the event, but they really really enjoy Trick or Treat, even if they hadn't seen the film. It was just a little bit less scary for them because Sam's such an adorable character and he mm. he is adorable and then you know there's parts in the film when he's pumpkin head Sam that's my favourite variation of Sam because it's the creepiest and I like creepy things but for those people that don't like that kind of thing he's adorable and the kids you know the, the trick or treating kids look cute and so there is parts of the film that are obviously more intense but overall it's it's not it's not a terribly scary film. See, the thing is, like, I, you know, I, if I didn't say it on this podcast, I definitely said it on the ones that I recorded when we was o- over there for Halloween Horror Nights, that I kind of went to Halloween Horror Nights with Craig last year because he'd asked me to, to go. But I did not enjoy the experience I had my first Halloween Horror Nights because my wife had been so scared. And in turn, that had kind of put a little bit of fear in me. So I did think to myself, what the hell am I letting myself in for? Now, <laughs> in the end, like, going and revisiting it and seeing that Craig's an even bigger, like, worse than I am, um, you know, I really enjoyed the event. And I actually, um, I get why people like it. I get why, um, although it's intense quite a lot of the time, it's still, you know, fun and you can laugh about it afterwards. But... I obviously also see why people would would be turned off to do those things. So I think it's a a fine line, really, because you want to attract people. Um, And man, if you're gonna if you're gonna um, you know die, can you just do it like in another room? (laughs) (sighs) Um, But no, but I think you know. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) But I think you know, it's you've got to you don't want to play it too fine a line because. You don't want to alienate the people that go there for a good old scare. But I think if you have a few things that are there... I mean, that's why Bill and Ted was so good. Because you was guaranteed there was one thing, and the scare zones for the most part as well, 
there was things that you would be able to do if you didn't want to go in the houses. So yeah. I think that you need to have a bit of a balance. I agree. It's not too much. But going back to the anthology part of it, does it, one of the stories in the film is werewolves. And so we saw the ladies in the scare zone last year, but we didn't see them fully evolved into their werewolf selves. So, Chris, this is a question for you, because I want to hear what your thoughts are on this bit. Mm. Do you feel like they could repurpose those amazing puppets that were used in America and werewolf in London for this maze? Do you know, I hadn't thought that. I mean, they will be... Well, do you know what? Yes and no. The the first house, the, well, the second house of American werewolf in London that they, that they created, no, they could not use those puppets because those puppets were built specifically for that house and they are identical to the puppets used in the film. Mm-hmm. However, the first house just had um, some werewolf puppets made, but they didn't really look like the ones from the film. And, and was it John Landis who directed that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, when he visited the set, he said, "Well, look, you can bring it back, but you're not using them same puppets. They were rubbish." So, in theory, those original puppets must be lying around their warehouse somewhere. They probably could use them. Hmm. Interesting. Because I feel like that—that's another part of the house that I'm super excited about. Because I feel like even though we got a little bit of a taste of it in the scare zone, the story wasn't like fully realised. So people who hadn't seen the film wouldn't know that these princessy girls were supposed to be werewolves. They wouldn't. They wouldn't get the story from that. So yeah, I think I'm excited to like see vampires that. or something. To be honest. No. No. Okay. So I'm. I'm hoping to see something like that. I'm excited to see. Maybe like a forest scene, and you know, judging from the ETQ, Universal are good at doing <laughs> forest scenes. I'm just saying. <laughs> and if they don't pump the ET smell into it, I'm just going to be sad. But <laughs> I feel like that would be another really good part of the house. And another thing that I'm really hoping to see as well is kind of near the end of the film, they're in Mr. Krieg's house and the whole room is painted with, like, trick-or-treat, and then Sam is fighting with him, and that's when we see pumpkin head Sam. And you know the huge pumpkin that they had in the scare zone last year that was, like, fire, fire out of it? Mm-hmm. That's obviously, like, a regular-sized pumpkin in the film. So we might actually get to see that going off more than mm. one three freaking three hours but i like i just i just want to see the whole film be realized and i feel like i've loved this film such a long time and you know mike Isla tweeted out as well this week that this is something that they've wanted to do for a long time pretty much since the film came out and you know they've always tried to do it but it just hasn't been the right time or things have happened and James Michael Roddy spoke about it in one of the entertainment designers forum panels a few years ago and they designed all these pumpkins for a trick-or-treat scare zone with like with that in mind to do something like that and then they didn't do it so they used them for a different kind of scare zone. And we've seen them pumpkins like in loads of scare zones in that area since then. 
but obviously this is something that they've wanted to do for a long time and so that scares them with just kind of testing the waters I guess mm. to it see if like it's that. something that people would still be interested in because it did come out 11 years ago yeah but you know what and I mean obviously um, there's you, you get quite a lot of merchandise now in a way I think it's a little bit like what happened with The Nightmare Before Christmas in that you know, over the years, it's become quite a cult thing, especially in terms What's of this? merchandise. <laughs> um, why aren't you singing the whole song? What's this? What's this? <laughs> Everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. <laughs> I'm saying that was my ringtone. You know, um, you know who, who was the, the voice of singing Jack? Because it wasn't the actor. It was. It was Chris Ripley, right? Yeah. Obviously. You know, (laughs) it was the oingy boingy lead singer. It was. It was. But you know what the thing is? What? And I don't know if he was just trying to emulate the 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 voice of the actor of Jack, but he like I didn't know for years that it was someone else singing because I think the Mm. voices blend together so well. I've probably seen Nightmare Before Christmas. Five thousand times, and I didn't know. I didn't know this information. Have you but ever? He's doing a good job. Have you ever? Have you? Have you got the soundtrack with the original narration? Um, no. So another interest. Uh, welcome to Night Before Christmas. After that. Um, so originally, <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart recorded uh, an opening and closing narration. And it wasn't what? used in the film, but they included it on the soundtrack. To the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happened, you know, some, you know, 24 years later, he voiced a talking shit in the Emoji movie. Yeah. Oh, did, did he do that? Um, I, mean, I haven't seen that film. I have, why have you seen that film? Right, so two things. Number one, I haven't. Um, although I, did, <laughs> I don't believe you. I did, I did put it on. I put it on for my son last week, and after five minutes, like, I was I was just playing a game on my phone. I was like, right, you know, I'll put this on to you to see if you're interested. Five minutes, he was crying, not because he was scary. I just think he was bored. Um, but he was in, <laughs> he was in the trailers and everything like that, and you can't mistake that voice. And uh, they did make quite a big thing of it at the time that you know Patrick Stewart is going to be the voice of the poo emoji. I mean, it's just incredible. I hope wow. I hope he got paid handsomely. Is all I can say. <laughs> weird, real weird. Okay, Luke, I want to hear what you think about Trick or Treat. Uh, I am super excited for the house. Uh, I did. I'm not like a huge fan of the movie, but I have. I've seen <gasps> it like anymore. twice or three times. <laughs> Luke, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> it is that a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if something else was on, something better, you know. Sorry. Else. Why are you such a hater? <laughs> I'm not. No, I like it. I like it. But I'm actually really excited for the house because I feel like it's gonna have a a, a Krampus vibe. Cool. Oh, it's not gonna be too too scary. Mm. It's gonna Definitely. be more of like a fun Halloween well, that's house. It. Because you know. Uh... Uh, it will. I think it will be along the same line as Krampus because Michael Doherty made Krampus as well. Well, directed Krampus as well as Trick or Treat, and so um, I never realised that I love Krampus. I love Krampus. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! But I love Krampus. Krampus. 
Well, he, he did also make that rebooted <laughs> Superman film. Did he? What the the Man of Steel one? Yeah. Oh. I'm not yeah. I've, I've not seen that. It's it's not all it's not all hits. <laughs> no. Well, there's some people on this earth that think that Krampus isn't a hit, and those people are crazy. <laughs> I watch Krampus all year round. I freaking love Krampus. I love trick or treat. So I anything that's going to be similar to Krampus, I'm going to love it. And I think like I think since Krampus came out, I think more people got to know about trick or treat as well. Like people that maybe hadn't hadn't heard of trick or treat before because obviously Krampus came out like quite a while after. Mm. I think made them want to revisit trick or treat because there's a lot of like fan art that was coming out after Krampus came out of Krampus and Sam and I think that maybe got more people into well maybe internet people internet people Mm. into trick or treat I actually never heard of trick or treat until like a year or two before um, it was announced for last year see and look Amanda he's American so if he hadn't heard of it (laughs) Who cares? No, no, no. No, like, how was I supposed to do it? <laughs> but yeah, and then I, like when I saw it, it was like 2005 or something. I was like, really? Yeah, that wow. film had been hanging around for a while before it actually got released. Yeah, I think it was just not because like for any reason other than it was just distribution issues. I think that, that was that was the only reason. But yeah. well, you know, Chris posted a a thing on the Facebook. Did you- Post it on the blog too, Chris. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah. Okay. So there's the cartoons, the original, the original Trick or Treat story with our Sammy in it, and I hadn't seen or heard of that until um, James Michael Roddy showed me that, and we were sat we were sat in a in a bar, and he showed he showed me the cartoon on on my phone, and I was like, what? And as soon as I got home, I was like, I'm watching this whole thing now. This is so cute. It's adorable. I love it. I want all kinds of merchandise of this. And it's adorable. So I, I think that not a lot of people know that, actually. So, you see the, the, the circles that she revolves in, you see, just hanging out with that Imagineers. Huh? You see this? This is what? You ha- hanging around with Imagineers? <laughs> Me? <laughs> yeah, just casually dropping. You know, I'm just hanging out with Imagineers. Yeah. So well, you know, <laughs> but I, like I love James Michael Riley. He's one of my favorite people in this whole entire world. And so he he shows me that, and I was like, what? Like this is super cool. <laughs> But I feel like if if you don't know what we're talking about, if you go onto the HHN unofficial Facebook page or the HHN unofficial website, then you can go and you can see the cartoon because it's definitely worth watching. And I think it's quite hard to find as well. Yeah, it is. We had to scour the internet to find that video. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's quite hard to find it. Although, if, you, if you own it, if you actually own the film, I believe it's uh, an extra on the on the Blu-ray or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Worth yeah. buying the Blu-ray then, isn't it, Nick? Well, I mean, I'm not making any money off of the sales of it, but yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that bombshell, I have to bid you all adieu. Well, um, thanks for your info, Chris. We love you. No, thank you. you. I'll see you on the next show, but 
Nick, do you, was there some interference at the beginning of this podcast, did I hear? There was a little... Well, there was definitely something. Uh, I'm going to go and investigate it after to see if I can try and sort it out. But, uh, yeah, okay. something something wasn't quite right. Uh, I just assumed it was a man's internet, to be honest. Honestly, mm. I just thought that it was aliens that usually abduct one of you when I'm about to record. <laughs> no, that was probably my, that was probably my <laughs> internet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris. Okay, good night. Dilly dilly! <laughs> okay, so, with Chris gone, I want... Does I'm going to take my shoes off now. I'm going to take my shoes off now he's gone. Oh yeah, I'll take mine off too. Whew. Just shoes though, Luke. Just shoes, nothing else. Yeah, okay? oh, okay. <laughs> the Tis After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com. The home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys here, proud sponsor of the Universal After Dark podcast. How would you like to be among some of the first guests to stay at Universal's new property, the Aventura Hotel? Aventura opens this August and is another great option to consider when staying at Universal. You can get early entry benefits, transportation to and from all the parks, and have views of any of the three parks. At the end of a long day, have a drink in style on the new rooftop bar. Book a four-night stay with me to get 20% off your stay with rates as low as $116 per night along with a $50 food and drink credit. You must book by June 15th and travel dates are August 16th through December 20th. Mention this ad to stack your savings and get $25 off your deposit. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com or any social media at WPMagicJourneys. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, that, like, that's pretty much it for the Halloween Horror Nights talk, but there's just one more subject that I want to touch on that kind of links into Halloween Horror Nights. And Luke, I don't know whether you've managed to get out there yet and check it out. But basically, I think it was just after I left, people were talking about how the fire effects weren't working in The Mummy. And don't worry, this oh. is going to Halloween Horror Nights eventually, but for this bit, the fire effects haven't been working in Mummy. People are like, what? What the hell's going yeah. on? That, so, that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, basically, the whole, the front portion of the Mummy is closed, so you can't get through the usual entrance. You happen to go through those middle glass doors for now. So what's rumoured to be happening, and I don't remember where I heard this rumor from, I just know that I heard it from somewhere, um, is that they're going to be moving the lockers from outside in that cramped little space to the extended queue section, which very, very rarely gets used in regular theme park operation. But when they do use it, I super appreciate it because they have pictures of the Magi on the wall and the guy from the Magi, Ardeth Bay is like my number one man crush in the whole entire world. 
Excuse my numero uno. Amanda, we're both here. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's my celebrity. <laughs> well, yeah. he's my. You're so confident. <laughs> <laughs> so I really appreciate it when that bit of the queue is open because I feel like artists they should feature more in the ride. But a regular day to day, you know, who's, who's this guy? He's the leader of the Magi in the film. The guy that has like cockroaches running out of his mouth, right? No. Not that guy. I the mummies are all a blur to me. Right, he's the one that has he's got long hair and oh. beard. Oh. And he's got tattoos on his cheeks. Luke. I think I know who you're talking about. Luke, I think yeah. we just not not our heads and, and just say we <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, I think it's Fabio. Everybody Google artist say <laughs> the body. And honestly, he's like he was a nineties Jon Snow, but better. The news so reader. he's my, no, no. Certainly don't have no man crushes on the newsreader, John Snow. Hey, I've met him in real life. He's really tall. He's like 6'5". Whoa. I, mean, I do like tall men. <laughs> tall tall <laughs> old men? <laughs> no, not old. Not old. Yeah, that rules us out, really, by the way. I do the old man. Like, I look like... I'm not... I'm, I'm 28. But I don't look 28. Like, I, like, I look... I look like a teenager, so if I had like an old, a much older man, wouldn't look too good. Mm. I need to stick in a kind of age category. But anyway, back to my point. (laughs) (laughs) The extended mummy queue is where it's rumoured that they're going to be moving the lockers to. And how's this going to link into Halloween Horror Nights? I can hear everybody asking at home or in the car, wherever you're listening. That's where they have the Halloween Horror Night store. Yep. So, if we're moving the lockers into there, what will this mean for that store? They'll move it to where the old lockers were. Boom. <laughs> That's <laughs> going to be a very tight <laughs> <laughs> Prepare for no merch this year. <laughs> well, I'd like, I've done... That's like... I know that a lot of people don't get to experience that extended queue, but it's very, very long. It is. It's this they're huge. Long. So I I feel like even when the mummy opened though, like when it fit, I think it was like nineteen ninety nine. No, 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 no. The uh, the film came out in ninety nine, but the mummy, Avengers: The Mummy, two thousand two. No, no longer than that because um, I don't think Kong closed until two thousand two uh, yeah. or two thousand three. No. So I think it was two thousand four. You know, it was two thousand four. Yeah. So even when that opened, like, I don't ever remember having to queue in that extended queue part. And then whenever they've had it open, so they didn't have it open in September, but they did have it open last May, but needlessly. So, I mean, it's, it's a very, very long queue, so I'm, I'm kind of feeling like the lockers could fit in there, and they could have a smaller version, potentially, of the Halloween Horror Nights store. Do they, right, yeah. so I didn't go to the Halloween Horror Night store last year. Didn't even know it existed. I must have walked past it, whatever. But do they need a Halloween Horror Night store? Right, they they don't need one. And they they haven't had one forever. It's only really been the last few years that they've had one, like a dedicated store. It's just, it's nice to have it because they have props in there. And they have it decorated to a theme, and it's just cool to have everything kind of in one place. Because otherwise, it gets spread out through like the 
the little trolleys throughout the park and then you might have a bit in the universal store and i remember one year they had like uh, they had a friday the 13th lunchbox and they had a nightmare on elm street lunchbox like the metal ones mm-hmm. and right. me and ash had been to every single stall in the park pretty much every single night and they were like oh we didn't have it here but they might have it in this one or and they'd get to that one and they'd be like no we didn't have it here it's right in the front of the park mm. and it was just it ends up that it was sold out we managed to get them in the end but if they would have just had a dedicated one store that had everything in it you know that would have made our lives a little bit easier but you know what i mean the thing is like you're talking practically from a business point of view I would want my merchandise spread out as much as possible because then you have to go into all these shops. Like, if there was just... I, mean, I know this isn't the case, right? But if there was just, like, a Halloween Horror Nights mega store and that's where you could buy all the T-shirts and everything like that, they wouldn't sell anywhere near the amount they do because the idea is that if they sell some T-shirts in one store, some other T-shirts in another store you're going to be going to all these different shops and then see all these other things you wouldn't notice because you aren't, like, shop-popping, um, and then you spend more money. I mean, that's true. And they still do spread the stuff out. Like, obviously, you've walked past and you haven't even known it's there, but you would have seen all the merchandise still spread out through the park. Yes. Yeah. But I think it's just a nice it's a nice thing to have. And people people really seem to like it. So... It probably will come back, and I'm, I'm probably blowing this out of proportion, and I'm being dramatic like I usually am. But as soon as I heard that rumor was looking, I was like, "No, the Halloween Horror <laughs> Store! What's going to happen? Where will I take all my selfies?" <laughs> well, everywhere else because, in the park. Well, like we normally do. All well, scare zones. <laughs> Yeah, but last year, you know, they had the Shining Twin dummies in there. They had like all little pumpkins and like orange lights and they had Sam sitting in a little corner the year before that they had all the Krampus masks and that's something that you might not necessarily get to see throughout the park so realistically what I want is a Halloween Horror Nights Museum but if I can't have a friggin Halloween Horror Nights Museum I would like a shop with props in it mm-hmm. like I feel like and I say this probably at least once every month Give me a friggin' Halloween Hornets Museum. I agree. I like, I'll, yeah, I would pay to go in it. Like, you can charge me to go in. I'd rather you didn't, but you can. But, like, I, I, that's all that I want. Every yeah, just like year. a warehouse full of everything. I would totally pay to go into that. Well, you know yeah. what, right? I'm thinking about this. Like, City Walk seems to be in a bit of a a state of flux at the moment right mm-hmm. i mean i remember like i remember going there 2007 ish and you know it had a really like like absolutely thumping nightlife um you know on the on the like the left side you went in where like the cuban place was <laughs> and and bob marley's and all that kind of stuff um you know that st- that side was really jumping and the right side was a bit more quiet at the time. Um, mm-hmm. But it just seems to be a bit of a mix, mate. It doesn't seem to really know what it's doing. And I think, bearing in mind that this is supposed to be, you know, the place you ride the movies, I cannot get my head around why they haven't got some kind of, of exhibit 
where and I don't mean the rapper, um, but like <laughs> somewhere you can go, wh- whether you charge people or not, right? That that's the argument. But regardless of that, right? But you can go in and you can see a boat from Jaws. You can see a DeLorean from Back to the Future. I know they've got one outside, right? But I'm just you know just off the top of my head. But to to see these really famous movie props. I, I just can't get my head around why a, 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 a theme park that is built on that premise doesn't do that. No, I'm, like I don't understand it either. And you know, I like I really enjoy Hard Rock Hotel. And one of my favorite parts of staying in Hard Rock Hotel is that I can see all kinds of different music memorabilia because I'm I'm super into music, and so seeing costumes that people have worn on stage or seeing guitars that people have played like I really like that being in the place I was staying in and I love going into the the pre-show bit of the horror makeup show and Mm. seeing all props from the films in there and I feel like that's a that's like a really cool addition and I feel like maybe people don't appreciate it enough but the people that do appreciate it Mm. really appreciate it yeah but look I mean look how popular I know it's something different but you know, there's a whole studio tour based around one film franchise in Harry Potter. Phenomenally mm-hmm. successful. Now, all right, I'm not saying that anything would be quite as popular as that, but what I'm saying is, is that there's there's a market there for it. Um, and at the end of the day, I know I know it's not fashionable, or it's not it doesn't seem to be fashionable. But you know, Planet Hollywood, that was their whole premise: is that yeah. you go and eat like substandard food, but you're surrounded by all these amazing things. I mean, the one in London. Um, I still got the uh, T Birds jacket, or at least one of the T Birds jacket that John Travolta wore in Greece. Wow! You know, it's got the t- it's got the Harley Davidson um, that they use in T Two. Um, they've got you know original costume bits from uh, Rambo. They've got the original bit of meat that Rocky punches in Rocky. Oh, wow. I mean, obviously, it's not real meat, you know, so it's, that's why it looks as good as oh. And I spoiler alert. Um, but do you know what I mean? Like, these are things that people are like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I just don't get why they have, they must have access to all these things from the films that they make. Well, I mean, years ago, and I'm, I'm going, I'm going way back here. I'm going to like early nineties, possibly into like early two thousands, if I remember right. They had like the boneyard, which was in like kind of the New Yorky kind of section, a little bit, a little bit further along. And they had they had things in there, so they had like a jaws, a jaws prop. Mm. They had a shark. They had like all kinds of different things in that middle bit. And I'm like, I know they still got definitely that shark because it used they they were kind of storing it near the sound stages. So if you'd come out of certain Halloween horror night houses in the last few years, you'd walk past it. Right. So they definitely have things like that and then they're putting things into the prop shop and selling them. And I'm like, Yeah, you could sell things like this or you could just put it in a museum. Well surely I mean I I'd be gobsmacked if they haven't still got the uh, King Kong hand. Oh, they win. must have. And honestly, like, if I won the lottery, I'd pay anything for something like that. I'd pay anything for one of the one of the Amity boats. Do you know, do you know when the, the, the boneyard closed? I feel like 
part of me wants to say that it was like early 2000s. See, I thought it was later than that. And the only reason why was because I'm sure I saw on the map that we were we had that vacation that the boneyard was on the map. And I had no idea what it was. It didn't tell you what it was. And so we went nowhere near it. But that would have been like ideal to me. Because I know I've seen like photos of it. And I've seen like they had cars from like the Flintstones movie and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I, I love stuff like that. Like I used to on the um, the MGM tour. Um, and I'll still call it that. I liked it yeah. when you went past the vehicles yeah. from films. And Paris had the same like setup. Like Yeah. Paris Paris had the same thing on their tram tour. They, I mean, I don't think... I've not been on it for quite a while now, so I think they've, they might have taken those vehicles out. Um, but they had vehicles from films like Pearl Harbor uh, and Dick Tracy. You know, and that stuff is like... That is that is film history. Um, so I just, I just don't get why... They, they don't do it. No, I think it'd definitely be a winner. And, you know, especially around Halloween Horror Nights. T- mm. Did I have myself on mute then? No. No? <laughs> you've, not, really? you've not had yourself on mute once this, this call. Yeah, we've heard every cough. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can, I, I'm putting myself on mute. I've got a really, I've got like a really bad chest infection. So I keep coughing all the time. Yeah, I'm no. trying to power through, but I... I'm pressing the mute button and I don't... Nick, please edit all out. <laughs> oh, my God. If I edit it all out, we haven't got an episode. I'm really That's sorry. Fine. Fine, honestly. Honestly, I'm literally... It's fine. Like, yeah, I'm pressing the that... mute button. And I don't know what happened. It wasn't happened. bad. It's fine. Jesus it's fine. Christ. <laughs> anyway, one of the things... I don't know what I was saying. Um, <laughs> Me neither. No, no, we've gone way past that point of no return. But, <laughs> speaking about the point of no return... One thing that we were going to do in the last episode, and we didn't do, and this is the this is the only time I want to take control of the rudder, um, is the fact that you know the reason why you've not been here, Amanda, is the fact that you are you on me now. Um, the only... I, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm so confused. My mic keeps flashing, saying that I'm on mute, but I'm clearly not freaking on mute. I'm really sorry. <laughs> The only... Sorry, everybody. I'm deafening everybody with my coughing, but I'm really sick. But I was just trying to power through it. Sick AF. See that that right there, <laughs> listeners. That is dedication, and dedication is what yeah. you need to be a record breaker. Um, but um, the reason why, I'm, or one of the reasons why a man has not been on for a while, other than this, obviously, massive chest infection, um, is the fact that she went to Orlando. And I mean, it's no secret because you were talking about it on the lead up to it, but it's one of the reasons why you hadn't been on for a while. Um, and I know that not only were you there and not only did you have a good time, but you also spent a lot of time with our good friend and buddy, Mr. Luke, who is here now as well. Um, and and so on the last episode, originally we was going to talk about it and Luke wasn't available. Um, but now you're both here. I, I feel like even though we're an hour into the episode already, I feel that we need to talk about this trip. Okay, so the first thing that I want to say about my trip and spending time with Luke is that Luke's really good at fear factor. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I right basically to be to be in fear factor. Like and I appreciate that not everybody will have seen the show or even remembers the show when it was on TV, but I really loved it when it was on TV. 
Okay, well, and... I'll tell you what, in case anyone isn't aware, and I, I think I think MTV have brought it back, actually, like recently, but... Oh, oh yeah. Fear Factor, but who watches MTV? So well, I'm, I mentioned it just in case someone has, but I don't think anyone does watch it, but Fear Factor is a little bit like... Um, a bit like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Like, you have to do some really kind of crazy and almost borderline obscene things in order to win some money. Mm-hmm. Pretty money. much. Yeah. But when <laughs> me and Ash were teenagers, we used to just play Fear Factor, like, between ourselves. So, like, we'd just make each other do, like, weird things. So, like, eating, like, if we were, like, a, like, a, we went to a Japanese restaurant one time. And obviously I don't eat animals now. But I think maybe, like, I was about 12. And we were like, well, you have to eat this this baby octopus. And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, you have to. She hates seafood. And I obviously don't like eating animals. But we, we ate the baby octopuses. And it was terrible. It's terrible thing to do. I'll never eat a baby octopus what? ever again. I know. It was terrible. Uh, have you, have either then, you seen Old Boy? No. You'll, nope. If you didn't want to eat a baby octopus, you would never even contemplate watching that film. Like, it was a bad thing to do, and I'm really sorry to all all sea creatures, and I'd never do that ever again. But it was in the spirit of fear factor, and I was young and naive. But then the next day, we went to Wet and Wild, and I was like, well, fear factor rule says that you have to wakeboard. And it wasn't wakeboarding <gasps> in a pool, oh. it was wakeboarding on the freaking lake. Yeah. And I'm like, alligators might be in there. There could be anything. There could be a flesh eating amoeba <laughs> in there. For all you know. You oh, yeah. Oh, you know, the usual. <laughs> yeah, the usual. <laughs> so she did it. And we used to do stupid things like that. So I love Fear Factor. But you have to be like a certain weight and a certain height to be able to do it. And obviously, I'm child size and I've never been allowed to do it. So when. Luke a few months ago went and did it I was like oh my god yes <laughs> so then on this trip Luke did it James did it and Steve Murray did it all three of them did it and I was like I am living the dream <laughs> and so, it was so, so much fun so Luke what did you have to do so the first challenge you have to hang from a bar that's like angled I think you're like 45, 35 feet up, and then they drop the, I think it's more the floor. Than... No, uh, I think it's like 35. It's not as high as you think. But... Right, Luke, Luke, just just a word of advice, mate, right? You've said something. Amanda's literally trying to big it up, <laughs> right, to make it sound like you're some amazing... Like, to any females <laughs> listening, right? I mean, if you haven't seen Luke by watching the YouTube videos, one, he's a handsome... <laughs> handsome hunk of burning love right that's the first thing but secondly um i believe he's single so uh, the, the, the fact is that you know when she's trying to pick you up just take it mate don't don't try and like go oh no it's only about five foot in the air no it was a hundred foot in the air luke and you're a superhuman man just just take it of course of course yeah <laughs> anyways it, Paul, at least yeah you know 200 300 i'm not not, not that smart. It was triple Doctor Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So that you're hanging from that bar, which is meant to be slippery, so your hands already start slipping, slipping as you grip it, and then they blow like a cold fan on you, which is theatrical because it really does nothing. 
and then you just <laughs> gotta hang on to it as long as you can. So, and then after that, you get the the next challenge is a a swinging thing, which is the one that Steve and I lost on the most recent time because it spins you around a lot. So you have to throw. Well, first they have to run into like an eel tank or something and throw it into your bucket that you're holding while uh, you're suspended by like this rope, which was that was the role I was playing, <laughs> the swinging person. And then after that, they swing, they pull you up, start swinging you, and you have to throw this raw octopus that they give you into the bucket that your teammate is holding to on the ground. Wasn't didn't Steve have like a bungee attached to him too? So like the bun wasn't the bungee attached to the, the like fence around the stage? Yeah, like, he could only run so far. So he had this bucket, right? And then Luke was swinging from a from like another kind of bungee. So he is like about ten foot in the air on this bungee, swinging all over the place, and he is trying to throw this squid, octopus, whatever into Steve's bucket. Steve's great catch it in the bucket. It's comedy yep. gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got the first one. We missed the second one and then we lost. Then we had to take the walk of shame. So, <laughs> Luke, just before we move off of Fear Facts, I, I, just because I think I heard it, but just for the benefit of our listeners in case, did you just admit to being a swinger? <laughs> yes, I did. Excellent. Okay, just, just, just checking. Um, right, so... So you got to see Luke and your brother and your friend do Fear Factor, Amanda. Yeah. So basically when you're signing up, you have to say whether or not you've had a drink at the park during the day. Oh, (laughs) Jay. All that they'd had. So they'd had like, Luke obviously had had nothing because he's under 21. But Steve and James had had like one little tiny beer. That's like, that's it. They hadn't even finished the whole beer, so I don't think because we were going to be a factor. So he was way <laughs> under the limit anyway. But they asked whether you've had a drink. And so James is like, yeah, partly because I think he's chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so he couldn't do the task that Luke and Steve were doing. Right. So James had to do a different task. So he had to, basically, they get a blender. And inside of it, they put things like curdled milk and, like, bugs so like um i think like mealworms and crickets yeah. and things like that um i don't what else did they put in it it was like really disgusting things that they put into it i think like yeah. fish fish guts just a whole bunch of nasty yeah like <laughs> grits. horrible stuff <laughs> well i only just learned what grits are and i think luke it was either your ashton that told me what grits were uh probably ashton i think it's like a breakfast grits food, really. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah you know you go to the sand just pick it up and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the grits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so he had all this disgusting stuff, and they blend it all up into like a smoothie with the curdled milk. Curdled milk is like enough to send me. Oh, like, yeah. No, yeah. like I'm 100% no on that. So they mix all the stuff up and they put it into little shot glasses, and you have to like drink them the quickest and swallow them. So James was against another guy. The other guy won by a fraction. Like a fraction. Yeah, it was Jay's beard. Like, it was it was holding yeah. all the bugs back. <laughs> but really, nobody's a winner because you both drank the same amount of crap. Exactly. <laughs> like I, it's disgusting. I don't like. I mean, I, what I'm trying to get my head around is, right, sir. I'm not going to do the accent, but sir, have you been drinking? Yes, I have. 
Okay, in that case, <laughs> rather than get you to, you know, hang from a bit of rope, um, because you've been having alcohol in your system, which, you know, too much of it will make you throw up, we're going to give you stuff that's going to make you throw up. They literally Perfect. give you buckets and they're like, you, like, you're more than welcome to throw up in this, it's fine. <laughs> like, they, they're expecting to throw up. I would throw up, like, I was sat, like, two rows, like, back in the... I got special seat in because I was with I was with the famous people, yep. <laughs> and so I was like sat there, and the, like the smell of it was making me feel sick, and I was like two rows mm. behind. It's disgusting. I'm watching them do it, horrific. But then there's another <laughs> challenge where you put your head into like a glass box, mm. and they spin a wheel with all kinds of creatures on it, like cockroaches and scorpions and snakes and that they spin it and then whatever it lands on they put that into the box with you. like i'm a celebrity mm. put it into the box seal the box over your head and then you have to stay in there for like a minute or something with the stuff on your head oh so, no I love... grit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i feel like out of all three things like like as much rather be throwing octopuses mm. yeah and then the relay at the final is pretty fun. Oh, and if you lose, oh wait, no, not if you lose early. If you do the, any participation, you get a free shower. So, if you want a free shower at the park? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. insane! I thought you actually meant like you won a free shower and they kind of come and installed it for you. And <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sorry. No, you win, you win a t-shirt. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say like, if what you... a It's just a t-shirt, is it? Yeah, I remember a couple months ago when I did it. The second place got a hat, which I would have taken that over first place. <laughs> <laughs> well, years ago, like when I used to go and watch it, like when I, was, when I was a teenager, you used to win like park passes or fast passes. What? Yeah, I used to like win like like actual really cool things. I'm going to go complain. <laughs> yeah. So, so when, when you did it a few months ago, I was like, well, there's no point in giving you park passes because you're going on your pass. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Well, also, there's no point in having giving someone a park pass when they've already paid to get into the park. I know. Like full stop. I mean, the thing is, even, like whether you've got an annual pass or you bought a day ticket, you basically won a ticket to come back. That's it. Regardless, yeah. um, and also, like, I'm, no disrespect, Universal execs, but you know, to go through all that for like a twenty-five dollar t-shirt. It's not really cricket, is it? Let's be honest. Like <laughs> they could have probably put their hand in the pocket for a little bit more than that. Seems a bit you cheap. Know, yeah, like actually, a Starbucks gift card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's down for that. But I feel like like when when they first opened Fear Factor, loads of people wanted to be in it and you know, you'd have queues of people waiting to to audition for the show and now it's not even really an audition. Yeah. It's just who turns up and they you you can see them like desperate for people to to go on it but honestly we didn't think that Fear Factor was still going to be around at this time so we were making the most of it while we got it yeah gotta go get another t-shirt yeah (laughs) like I I wouldn't go and watch it now like unless one of you guys were were doing it again because I will be <laughs> like Luke's always down for Fear Factor, so whenever Luke's gonna be going on it, I'll watch it. well, if Luke wasn't being on it, I, I don't think that I'd go and watch it honestly. But if you've never seen it, I'd like go and see it one time. It's worth it. It's worth a one-time thing. Oh, we'll get a whole watch party. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Everyone, actually, I've... 
be in it. I, I, yeah. I poo pooed it. I poo pooed the t-shirt thing, right? But I mean, of course, I've not seen the t-shirt. I mean, for all I know, they could be giving away um, a fabulous Universal Arthur Dark t-shirt. Um, and of course, you can buy yours at the end of this episode. I've, I've got the plug for where you can buy one from. Because um, I don't think they are giving away in Fear Factor yet, but maybe, maybe one day they will. <laughs> and that's yeah. worth its weight in gold. Yeah. When Luke wins again, that's when. <laughs> yeah. That's when they'll have to. <laughs> but we also got to, um, I know that I already spoke about it in depth on the podcast, was we got to do the soft openings for Fast and Furious on my birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as it's not my favourite ride, it's still a really cool thing to do because it's not very often that I get to be in the parks when they're doing soft openings for anything. Because usually, you know, September, October time, they're not opening anything that time of year. Well, I think um, I think when we, we talked to Luke about it, I think we was the first podcast to re- review it. Um, we, I mean, it was definitely the first UK-based Universal podcast to do, that was for sure. Um, by a few days, at least. But, um, I mean, I don't think either of you have been... No, actually, neither of you were completely complimentary. But, um, in saying that, have you been on it since then, Luke? No. <laughs> it, it was open, and I said, should I? And I said, mm, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... Have you... Maybe... What the queue's oh, been like? What the queue's been like? From what I've seen, like, on Twitter and Snapchat and stuff, they haven't been too long. Like, mm. I haven't seen it over 40 or 50 minutes. That's just me, though. I'm pretty sure it's been higher. Well... I I still don't really understand how the queue listing's going to work. Because one of my boyfriend's friends was there last week and he was doing a Facebook Live from from the queue with his family and he was just like queuing like normal, like like the way that we did on that day. We just queued like normal. It was a normal queue. And I thought that was just for soft openings, but he was just literally waiting in line. And I'm like, I thought that this was a queueless system. I don't understand what's going on. Hmm. Uh, I don't so, think they have the queueless thing up yet because I remember um, in the front they have like the kiosk and stuff, uh-huh. but they were blocked off last time I saw them. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe they're just like testing all that stuff right now. I don't maybe. know. I don't know, but. Either way, like it was, it was still a, a cool experience to be able to do something in soft openings because, like I said, it's not often that I get the chance to do something like that. So it was, that was really fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then obviously we went to. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the upside to it. Um, <laughs> we went to Disney on my actual birthday, which we'll talk about on Disney After Dark because that was a super fun day. Cool. You can hear more about Rick Springfield. On that day. Just yes, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we had such a fun time. And it, it just made me super excited for October for Halloween Horror Nights. And, you know, a lot of the time that people all go to Orlando, especially British people who, you know, I think like quite a lot of, of our listeners are British. And when you're going on holiday to Florida, you think that you have to do everything while you're there mm. like you have to get a universe ticket and a disney ticket and a seawell ticket and maybe a legoland ticket too and you try and cram everything into that two weeks or 10 days whatever how long you're there for but you know i only i did one day at disney this year and last may when i went 
I just did 10 days at Universal. And I think even though I've visited Universal so many times, and Luke, you'll feel the exact same way because you visit Universal an awful lot more because you live in Florida. Yeah, I go there a couple times. Been been a few times. <laughs> but I feel like there's there's enough stuff in the parks that you can you can spend your whole entire week there. Yeah, and honestly, just like sitting around and just people watching is just as fun. Yeah, like, a lot of the times, you know, we'd sit near, like, Shea Alcatraz is my favourite place to get a drink at Universal, near near Brucey and the Shark, and, you know, we spend a lot of time just kind of sitting there and just chilling, and it's yeah. nice, it's nice to just do that, and you're not feeling like you're rushing all the time, and you're trying to, like, squeeze everything in all the time, you can take your time with things, do it at your leisure, and then you can enjoy your holiday a little bit more, I think, when you do things like that. Well, I yeah. Think- the thing is, like, you know, me and Craig only went over for the weekend, obviously. Um, and, you know, people say that was quite meant to see, but and it was. Let's <laughs> not make no bones about it. But, mm, yeah, you're definitely crazy. Yeah. But we had a really good time. And I think there is that, as you said, there's that kind of pressure of, like, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Orlando, so I need to do SeaWorld, I need to do Universal, I need to do Disney. Um, you know, I might want to go and do Bush Gardens, but, you know, it's going to be frantic and I've got to do all these things. And actually, uh-huh. like you don't you don't need to and i think if you're more selective about what you do and go right you know what i've got two weeks i've got a week however long you've got this is what i want to do Mm -hmm. i'm you know if i do all of these things i'm not going to get the full enjoyment of it because you're going to rush exactly exactly and even though i go for a longer time when i go in september i still feel like i'm constantly rushing so if I'm never fully enjoying my day because I'm thinking to myself, I have to be out of this Disney park by four because I have to get home to get to Halloween Horror Nights or I have to be done here by this time because I've got a fast pass in this other park at this time and I'm just constantly rushing and you feel drained by the end of your holiday. Mm. Whereas if, you know, like I encourage everyone to, if you if you can't afford to do both parks on your trip just just do one and just enjoy it a little bit and you'll have a completely different kind of holiday and you will honestly enjoy it a lot more yeah you know you might not have done disney or you might not have done universal but you can save that for the next trip and it's another reason to go back yeah yeah, yeah i noticed that with you and jay like you guys were always just had something planned i'm like this is weird aren't they on vacation like yeah. To me, and I'm like, when I go on vacation, I'm sleeping in, I'm napping, I'm going yeah. to the pool. <laughs> like, honestly, like, my September holidays are like, Ash says that I'm like a military operation. <laughs> because we have to get up, like, and we have to be ready to, to be leaving to get to park for 8 o'clock in the morning, which means we're going to have to be up at, like, 7 as a minimum, so we can get up and have breakfast first. And then mm-hmm. we'll be out in a park all day long, and then we're either in September... At Food and Wine Festival, so we're at Disney until late. We're probably not getting home to like eleven or twelve at night from being in the park since about eightish. Or we're at Halloween Horror Night, so we're not going to get home till two o'clock in the morning, and then we're up again at seven the next day to go to another Disney park. And it's like there's just something constantly, and you have to plan that far in advance when you're doing all of the parks. Because if you don't, and you get up in the morning without no plan, you're not doing anything. No. Yeah, like yeah. it has it has to be planned. But 
if you're just doing a week or 10 days at Universal like I did, you know, you know that you're going to be going back to Universal the next day, so you don't need to cram everything. I personally don't think that if you if you don't visit Universal much anyway, I don't think that you could do both full parks and fully enjoy them and do everything in the two days and enjoy it. You could do it if you crammed everything in and you were rushing around, but if you want yeah. to enjoy it and you want to relax with it, yeah, you'd just you'd, be too tired. Yeah, you'd be exhausted. And you wouldn't. You wouldn't be having fun. So definitely encourage anyone to have a more in, enjoying and chilled holiday, and just do one park and do it for a week. Oh yeah. Yeah, all universal, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> but even that, well, like, and I'll talk about the mornings after dark. But even that Disney day, where you know, like, for my birthday, I wanted to go to MGM because. Tower Terror is my favourite ride, and I just I just wanted to ride Tower Terror for my birthday. But Epcot's my favourite Disney park, so I wanted to spend my afternoon at Epcot. And even that day, I felt like I was just rushing for the whole day at MGM. And I'm like, I have to be out of this park by like two or three, otherwise I'm not going to be able to do anything at Epcot. And that was just one day. Yeah. And then it rained, so you know. And it rained, so there was no <laughs> food and wine. There was no Florida Garden Festival booth out anyway. <laughs> Well, I mean, I I think the thing is, like, when you go, when you've only got a short space of time, you do, so you have to kind of make the the most of it. But the beauty of Universal Parks over, and I'm I'm talking both gates, over Disney, is the fact that, you know, they're they're, they're much, sorry, they're that much smaller that Uh you can do Universal in a day and you don't have to rush around, you know, it, unless you want to go on like literally everything that's in there at least once, you might have to do a little bit of rushing around. But if you go like in a bit of the off season, you know, we were able to go around at parks, hit, get, get in there early. We had an early park admission um, and hit the big rides first. But you can go around and actually have a bit of a chill day, you know, still enjoy the rides. Um, but I paid much more attention to the landscaping, the little details that on a previous holiday I might have not done because I was in too much of a rush. So mm-hmm. even though we was only there for like four days, um, I did a lot in that in those four days without needing to rush because they're that much smaller. Whilst, you know, and I don't know what the actual sizes are, but to me, like, Epcot is probably the size of Universal and a quarter of Islands of Adventure. It probably mm-hmm. isn't actually, but do you know what I mean. It, it, that's what it feels like, and it feels like for you to do that in a day, you really have got to try and rush around to see stuff. So I exactly. think if you've got less time, Universal is is definitely the thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. argue, you know, I would argue that Disney probably is still my preferred theme park. It, you know, as a theme park and what they have to offer, but I adore Universal. And, you know, it's got a really special place in my heart now. It's just a different experience. Exactly. And I kind of feel as well, like, and Luke, I feel like in in September, like, we're going to have a real holiday, aren't we? Because you're going to take, like, the time off work. Yep. I have a week off. Yes. So me and Luke are going to have a holiday holiday. So we're going to do real holiday things. like So things that I do all through the week, Luke's going to do them with me. Cool. So we experienced that a little bit this year. And I feel like when you're on holiday, 
like you're having fun and everything but because you're tired you get a little bit cranky and so usually my friends don't see like me being tired and cranky but because Luke was with me all the time <laughs> we've got to see my cranky my cranky side like we we went to cowfish and I think I think like we'd we'd made a mistake anyway because we didn't go to cowfish until about half nine Mm-hmm. But we were making the most of it because in September the parks closed really early, but earlier in the year they were open until like eight and nine o'clock. So we were oh, making wow. the most of the parks being open later, which I never get to experience. And we wanted to go to Cowfish, and I was so tired and I was so cranky, but I just wanted my frickles. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and what? frickles are my favourite favourite thing like in the whole entire world like I absolutely adore them is that a fried pickle it's a fried pickle well it's fried pickle slices Mm. so it's like a starter that you can get but I was the only one that ordered a starter so oh yeah that thing was huge it was gigantic it was like pretty much made for sharing between a family so this guy just brings (laughs) me this huge bowl of frickles and I'm just sat eating the frickles by myself being moody and the guy was so he was so funny and he just kept bringing me coffee. So I'm drinking coffee is at like half nine, ten o'clock at night trying to perk myself up. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry that I'm really cranky, but I'm tired. And no one ever gets to see this usually. <laughs> so Paul Luke, Paul Luke got to see Cranky Amanda. Right, that's Luke, okay. Luke, it's like, right, I'm now going to um, cut Amanda off of the call. Right, so she can't hear you. And I'll cut <laughs> this out. I'll cut, and I don't know what she's laughing at because she can't hear anything. Um, and obviously, I'll edit this from the podcast as well. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. having seen Amanda's cranky side, I mean, is she still all right? Or, you know, are you trying to, you know, suddenly have to work during September so you don't have to spend any more time with her? Well, you know, since she can't hear us, like, what yeah. a bitch. <laughs> I've, I've heard a rumour, but then I just thought that was like Scousers in general. I mean, I've got that from Craig, but... Um, right, I'm, I'm going to have to put it back on because she's going to realise yeah. that she's not on the call. So just, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. Anyway, yeah, Luke, yeah, good. Amanda, sorry. are you still there? <laughs> yeah, we didn't hear oh, you yeah. for a while. We didn't hear any coughing, so we just assumed you'd gone. <laughs> yeah, there's been no coughing for like five minutes, we just assumed you'd gone. Stop. I'm um, trying really hard not to cough, but I feel really sick. <laughs> the, the more we make you laugh, the less you'll need to cough. Um, it's okay, when you cough, you can dab. <laughs> oh so, man, that almost goes around today. Like my daughter was trying to show Mawath um, that she could floss, and my oh. wife is like, "Whoa, what? Why? Who's teaching you this?" And she's like, "Oh, teacher in school." And she was getting really angry. And I was like, "Look, flossing." Oh, the dance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not, not the teeth. <laughs> Although to be fair, to be fair, we're British. We don't know how to floss either. Um, <laughs> but um, it's all right. We have we have other things. But um, and she was like, you know, I don't know why they're teaching kids this. I was like, it is literally everywhere. Even the children's channel that we watch on the on the BBC, the most British of all things, mm-hmm. they were even showing kids how to floss the other day. So oh. I was like, you can't escape it. She will learn how to do it, and she will do it better than than any of us can because <laughs> I really can't get my head around it. Um, but I can dab. I do like a dab. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, the thing about dabbing, right, is, and not to make this dabbing after dark or anything. Yeah, well, I should. <laughs> but when people, like, first were dabbing, I was like, what the fuck are these people? Like, well, what? <laughs> but then because, like, people found it so stupid, I just started doing it, like, in stupid situations. So, like, if I was in work and I was, like, just celebrating a dab. 
And I just do silly stuff. And it really annoys Ash when I dab, like, because I'm old, so I shouldn't be doing it. But, because it annoys him, I just kept doing it because it's funny. But now it's like a nervous tick that I have or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, there is too much dabbing. <laughs> like, when I release these videos from this trip, it's just constant dab, dab, dab. People are going to absolutely hate me for it, but I'm not doing it in a serious way. I'm doing it because I'm just, like, taking the piss. What really is a nervous tick now, and I do it constantly. Yeah. Help it. You just can't stop, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm like. And people must just look at me like, she is far too old to be dabbing. <laughs> but I don't care. I dab Amanda, time. I'm 35, so I will, well, I will know, be soon. We'll just be old people that dab together. It's no big deal. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, was there anything else um, that you did on this trip or, or any kind of uh, things that were uh, exciting that you, you haven't talked about yet that maybe we should talk about? Or Okay, so we tried Mythos. Well, I've been to Mythos before, but Luke, that was your first time, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, yes. And it was delicious. That pad tie was gone in seconds. It was so good. Like, we <laughs> talked about it on the podcast before mm. we went because we were planning on doing a whole day in Lost Continent and, and just doing everything in Lost Continent that we don't tend to do. Because Lost Continent now, really, like, people just use it as, like, a walkthrough and they they might do Poseidon's Fury, but, you know, that's, that's about it for Lost Continent. I, I love... I haven't done Poseidon's Fury since 2010. I don't know why we didn't do it on this last trip. I think I thought it was closed. Maybe it was. I don't know. But um, I really like that attraction. Like, I can't mm-hmm. tell. I can't tell you what it is that I like about it so much. But I think it's just like because it's so unusual. There's nothing else really yeah. like it. It's it's a cool attraction. I think it's really really underrated. I think the problem with it is that it has a weird a weird. It doesn't tell you that it's a show. Mm type of attraction so people don't really know where it is going on to it and the wait time just always says 20 minutes no matter what mm-hmm. no matter whether the show is about to start or whether the show is only just starting you've missed this one it just always says 20 minutes and when you get in it is never 20 minutes so people tend to walk in and then walk back out i think that's the problem with it but it's so worth doing it it's like do it while you can because it's not going to be there forever you know what I think Poseidon's Fury is? Mm. It's the anti-Carousel of Progress. In the, yeah. It's somewhere to go. It's somewhere that's quite cool as well. So uh-huh. if you've been in the hot sun and you want somewhere to cool off like 30 minutes or so, go in there. But I find Carousel of Progress so boring. I yeah, I get that, you know, <laughs> Walt's thing. <laughs> and I, guess, I, I, know, I get that Luke now hates me. Um, but you know, we've to... learned things about each other on this episode. It, it, this has been this has been a dark episode. Um, this is definitely the alternate timeline. Um, but you know, with, with Carousel of Progress, like it's, you know, especially now as well, the, the future scene incredibly dated. I mean, what are you talking about? Game Boys or something's being a new thing. Um, but you know, I like it. It's got a certain charm. But it's where you go if you want to just do nothing for like half an hour and just be somewhere a bit cool. And that is what Poseidon's Fury is. It's somewhere to go when you want to get out of the sun. And it, but it's but it's more to me. It's more entertaining. It's more fun. I mean that, that you know the last effect mm-hmm. is what again like Spider Man. You know almost twenty years old, nineteen years old at this point or whatever. Um, and yet 
is still, you know, I've never seen anything like it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible, and it's so worth doing. I'm really gutted that we didn't get to do what we planned to do, but we'll definitely do that in September. Mm-hmm. Well, we can. But <laughs> what we did do is we did go to Mythos. So we we talked about it before we went, and we'd spoken about how people... I think people tend to give Mythos a miss because because it's won awards for being the best theme park restaurant. I think people have the idea that that's going to be expensive. I, you, someone someone mm. once described Mythos as being the theme park equivalent to uh, the Harvester in the UK. So people obviously think that it's this really expensive plus restaurant. <laughs> um, no, but like you know, like you, like I, I saw it when we were there last time, and um, it, it it didn't look inviting. I didn't walk past it and go, oh, that looks interesting. Not for any particular reason, but there was just nothing that screamed out, this is a good place to eat. Oh, you mean other than the banner on the front that says that it's been voted the best restaurant? How much more inviting do you want to be? I don't care about banners. <laughs> yeah, the only banner I, Bruce Banner. Exactly, that's the only banner I care about is Bruce Banner. <laughs> Thank you, Luke, for backing me up. <laughs> <laughs> But like it's one of those awards and I think that people do think that it's just gonna be an expensive restaurant. And but even when you look at the menu, if the menu doesn't have the price on outside, because it serves things like pad thai, things that you wouldn't necessarily usually get in a theme park, mm. it it does seem like it's gonna be expensive. But in fact, our pad ties were what, like fourteen dollars, Luke? Yeah, I think in total I spent like sixteen and that was like with the tip. Yeah. That was for a huge plate of pad thai, which filled me more, filled me up more than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> and like then it, just some water. It's very, very big servings in there. So the pad yeah. thai that we got, so it did, did you just have like chicken and stuff in it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I had chicken and shrimp. Okay. So like it has like a variation of, of meat and seafood in it, but you can. I, obviously, I don't eat meat, so I could just request to have things like not put into mine. And also, the table next to us had a whole range of different food allergies. So the chef came out and had a conversation with them and was going to make them something completely different to what was on the menu so that they could be accommodated, which I, I'm that's a really cool thing to do, I think. So that was points for myth. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of restaurants. Um, and, and I'm we're quite lucky in that we don't have allergies like that. Um, but I know families that do, like whether that's a nut allergy. I've got a family that've got um, uh, gluten intolerance, um, and I, I mean proper ones, not you know a bit of bread makes me bloated. Like you know, really does not make them feel well at all. Um, and a lot of restaurants have like a gluten free option or, mm-hmm. or something like that, and it's normally something. You know they they've got in a microwave tin that they just heat up. So for them to kind of you know go right, what is it? This is what I can do and actually prepare something. It's unusual. So let's be honest, a lot of theme park food is reheated food. Yeah, and you know, a lot of the time, yeah, it's all made from one place. And they just distribute that. Say, and I talk about this and I have a rant about it probably on every other episode about theme park food <laughs> and how it's always the same burgers in like every single restaurant that's going to be in the park and it's the same pizza and it's the same fries and it's like you go and you look at the front of a restaurant and you think 
oh, it's an Italian restaurant and you get in, it's the same burger that was in Monster Cafe. And so it's all the same. On that note, Amanda, um, obviously because this is now a vested interest of mine, because um, I didn't look last time I was there because it didn't affect me at the time, but does anywhere actually have like a veggie burger? Uh, the majority of places have veggie burgers, but the they tend, Universal especially, use either bean burgers or they use Boca burgers. A what? A Boca burger. So that's just a brand like corn, basically. Right, okay. It's just like a garden a garden vegetable burger. But they have like peas in and I'm not, I hate peas. Right, okay. So I feel like vegetarians get lumped with like just one option. You don't get anything fancy like Linda McCartney mozzarella burgers. Yeah, so I mean, one thing like since becoming veggie, like uh, I do like corn actually, but um, you get like loads of soy products. Yeah. So like, and soy burgers, I think are really good actually. Mm. But normally, if you go out somewhere like eat, like even over here, it's like falafel, a falafel yeah. burger, which and I like I like falafel, but when that's your only choice. Yeah, exactly. So that that's there's only so many Boca burgers that you're gonna want to eat on a holiday, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, Mythos to me is a golden nugget, mm-hmm. uh, but not a, whole... but not a chicken nugget. Just not a pack, chicken yeah, nugget, yeah. just pure gold. <laughs> it's chicken very nuggets. cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. You're gonna spend that same amount of money going and buying the same burger in five different restaurants or the same chicken strips. This restaurant, like, and it wasn't busy, was it, Luke? No, it wasn't. Like, we, we got seated straight away. I think it's maybe like five minutes maximum. And, you know, the restaurant wasn't packed. And the food was delicious. And it was very, very big portions. They have a whole bunch of specialty cocktails, all different kinds of beers, cold desserts. And the butter comes when you get your little bread starter with, like, little universal print on it. Yeah, I was just going to say that. The <laughs> universal butter, oh my gosh. Yes. And it's nice, it's nice in there, like it's a nice setting, it's really nicely themed. And, it, you know, it's won awards for a reason, so if you haven't tried Mythos and you're worried that it's going to be really expensive, do go it. to Mythos, do it, enjoy yourself, have the pad thai, because me and Luke recommend it. Oh, yes. So maybe it is just its location, and, and as you say, like the Lost Constant... Um, doesn't have the you know it, it it's used for people to get from one part of the part to another it's not really investigated um i got the impression if i read between the lines there that um when you in lost constant you didn't do sinbad we didn't um you know we planned to do it and like that was the plan all along so we we're going to do every single thing in lost continent and i think it's probably been about eight or nine years since i've last seen sinbad mm. And I think I spoke about it in one of the last episodes too, where, you know, I think Sinbad's a fantastic show. The performers in it are incredible. I think, actually, Amanda, the last time you discussed Sinbad on his show, it was to try and convince the um, world he was a genie. That's because he is. <laughs> Don't get me started on this again. <laughs> Jesus. He's not Jesus either. <laughs> I don't remember speaking to this about last, but I, I was so infuriated about it. Uh, I think all of us, and we just, whilst some of us do agree with you, we also think it's more hilarious not to agree with you just because of how you react to it. So. Honestly, I think, like, 
every single person in my life has had this rant from me at least once. Like, I think my Alexa is sick of me talking about it. Well, you need to get <laughs> doesn't more... even answer me anymore. I was going to say, you need to get more friends if you're having that row with Alexa. <laughs> Um, she, you know, she just listens to everything that I'm saying all the time. Well, yeah, she does because she's a Russian spy. But that's for another podcast. Um, <laughs> now, you, you went on this trip with your brother um, mm-hmm. because um, your sister had recently given birth. Um, and uh, to be fair, even if she hadn't have recently given birth, she had a small baby. She still wasn't going to come. Um, was this James's first trip to Universal for a while? I know last year. Oh, no, no, sorry, it was the other way around, wasn't it? Last year you did just Universal together, but this mm. time you was going to Disney as well, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. this was his first time back at Disney in, like, yeah. about 12, 13 years, maybe a little bit more. Um, but this September is going to be his first Halloween Horror Nights since 2007. Wow. So it has been 11 whole years since he was last at... It might have been 2006... I think it was 2007. Um, so it's either been 11 or 12 years since he was last at Halloween Horror Nights. And he was just a small child then. So he would have been um, six years older than him. So, yeah, because yeah. I, think, I think 2007, if I remember rightly, was the Freddy Jason Leatherface year. Yeah, so he would have been 10 or 11. The last time he went to Halloween Horror Nights. So it's been a long time. I think he's only been in one or two houses. I think he was brave enough for one or two. Um, So he could hate it, for all we know. This is going to be a test. No, he's going to love it. (laughs) He better love it. (laughs) You know, know, I'll talk about this again until after dark, but he went for his first ride on Tower of Terror and like it had been a longer time since he'd, he'd been to Disney I think it was maybe like 2005 when he last went to Disney for like right. 13 years so that was his first time on Tower of Terror since then and I was nervous in the queue like what if he actually really doesn't like this I'll be devastated for him He's gonna like it. <laughs> like he will learn to like it. You mean a bit like how he is Ash's did... replacement. <laughs> you mean like just how I broke Luke's heart by slaying off Council of Progress? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like you know, this is gonna be like an exciting time for him. Then, and you know, he's not he's not been in the parks around the autumn time for a long time. So I'm excited for him to see how different it is. But, like, you know, I was excited from see things this year that he hadn't seen before. Like, I was excited from see Fast and Furious and experience something new at the parks. I'm like, I'm always excited to be with someone who is doing something for the first time. So I will basically ride the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon with everyone. Because, one, I love it. And, two, like, I like to experience things people for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun ride. It's awesome. I freaking love Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> like, I will get upset with anyone that doesn't like the Jimmy Fallon ride. But I know that's going to be a lot of people. I know that would be upset with <laughs> a lot of people. I like Jimmy Fallon. But I just, I'm just excited to see him experience these things. 
Oh, yeah. I'm excited for Luke to have a British holiday. <laughs> yes. I'd be more ex- staycation. I'd be yeah. more. I'd be more excited if Luke was actually having a UK vacation, <laughs> and you know, we could like drag him to Disneyland Paris and stuff like that. Uh, oh. Fact fans, that's not actually in in the UK, but it's near enough that we could go. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> I mean, it's cold. You wouldn't like it. Ugh. Yeah, as I soon as it gets below 70, Ew. ooh, burr. <laughs> exactly. But we're going to do such fun things, and, you know, we might we might go to SeaWorld. I've got a whole SeaWorld episode planned for us, and it's going to be on this Universe After Dark feed, but what we're going to do, and I, I mentioned this a little bit on the last episode that we did, is that we're going to be doing some episodes... Uh, we're going to do what I've said on SeaWorld for a start. And then we're going to branch out for some other things around Orlando for some episodes that I'm really excited to cover. Yeah. But the SeaWorld episodes is going to be cool. And the SeaWorld videos that I've got coming out are going to be also cool. So stay tuned for those. But on that note, I think that I'm trying really hard not to talk about things that we did at Disney. So I feel like <laughs> yeah. I, need, I need to stop here and just you know, carry on on a Disney episode. Yeah, if there's, if there's nothing else you want to talk about regarding Universal, then yeah. I mean, things will come to me on, on, on other episodes. Funny things that happen. I, I was going to say, I know what's going to happen. We're going to go over to Diz After Dark, talk about <laughs> things on Diz After Dark, and then you'll spend <laughs> half of your time over there talking about stuff you didn't talk about here at Universal. Probably. It's, normally it's been how a it long out. day. I don't remember everything that I did anymore. What, what this day or a few weeks ago or both? Forever, I've copped, I've copped all my memories out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really sorry again. I really thought I was on mute. I need a new microphone now. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And I was like, at some point, I thought I was going to cough my whole lung out. So I'm really <laughs> loud and I'm really sorry. <laughs> Well, spoiler alert to anyone oh listening, uh, Amanda just confirmed that she didn't actually, it might have sounded like it, but she didn't actually <laughs> cough a lung out, so that's good news. <laughs> We're still both inside, but in, like, I know that I would have been being really loud, and my microphone's really close to my face, so I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure listeners won't mind too much. I mean, let's be honest, they've heard a lot worse stuff come out of my mouth over the years <laughs> than, than noises of you coughing, so I think it'll be alright. <laughs> okay, so... We've got some cool things coming up. We've got some cool videos coming up. We've got some cool Halloween Horror Nights stuff over on Chris's website, HalloweenHorrorNightsUnofficial.com. Um, but I think it's shortened to HHNUnofficial.com. Um, I've got some cool Halloween Horror Nights videos coming out. I've also, I'm coming to the end of my September 2017 videos on YouTube. So the April trip videos will be going up in the next few weeks. Luke, what cool videos have you got coming up? You know, just the usual. Going to Universal, seeing what's new, what's good. I didn't know you filmed at Universal. You know, it's sometimes. Sometimes I like to see it. <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. We've got a whole bunch of cool things coming up, basically. So to watch Luke's videos, you're going to go onto YouTube and you're going to search for the After Dark Podcast Network. Or you can search Does After Dark because both searches will bring them up. My channel is Boston White, all one word, on YouTube. You can get that from going on my Twitter or my Instagram, my pages if you want to. And 
I have a question of the day today, which I want everyone to. Ooh. Yeah, last last week my question was what your go to drink was at the parks, and people gave me such cool answers. So I'm hoping for cool answers again with this one. So we've talked about food a lot on this episode, and I really love food. So I want to know what your favourite place to eat at Universal is. So I'm not saying it has to just be the parks. It can be the parks. It can be City Walk. It can be one of the hotels. What just anywhere in the Universal Resort that you really enjoy eating. Because I always like finding new places to eat because I love food. And if you want to let us know, you can let us know on Twitter. So that's at Univ After Dark. You can let us know in our super secret Facebook group, or you can let us know just by going onto Universal After Dark Facebook page. Or even better than that, if you see uh, Luke in the parks or me and Amanda out on the street, just shout in our faces. Do it. Um, Scream. Yeah. Miss us. Ah! <laughs> I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> I've got to say, actually, I know it's not going to be a, a, a popular opinion, but. One of the, the the nicest things that I ate on our last trip uh, was probably at uh, the Bumblebee Man food truck. Ah. I thought the food there was pretty good for the price. Yeah, the so. Korean beef taco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I won't be having that next time, but um, that was good. But just the, just the, again, it was it was something different. It was something different. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, on that note, bye Chris Ripley's books, watch our videos, come back next week for another episode, and then if you want to hear all about our Disney adventures, then listen to the next episode of Disaster Dark. I'm really sorry about the interference at the beginning, and my coughing. Apologies. <laughs> bye, bye, Chris Ripley's books. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Just, just bye. Yeah. Au revoir. Hello there, dear listener. Now, have you ever listened to a podcast and thought, I'd really like to support those guys, but I just don't know how to do it? (laughs) Well, then you're in luck. There are now two ways for you to be able to support us. The first is by going to our Spreadshirt page at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. Here, you can pick up t-shirts for all of the podcasts that we do. The other way is by visiting us at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash disafterdark. Any money raised by buying some merchandise or pledging your support on Patreon means that we can keep producing more content for the After Dark Network. On behalf of the other After Dark Podcast Network hosts, We thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for your continued support.